Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And seeing a female losing her mind... There's a struggle on whose house this is. I see attacks every day, every day. We're kind of trapped. Then I hear death. What, do you think there's any foul play involved here? That might be a poltergeist. I feel like it's watching me. Mine, mine, back off. I want to have my home back. I encountered the poltergeist. They're being watched. My name is Amy Allen. This thing likes death. I see dead people. This thing's like a monster. I speak to dead people. And he's pissed off now. And they speak to me. His head was cracked. But there's only one way to know if my findings are real. This guy was murdered. I rely on my partner. I'm Steve Deshavi. I'm a retired New York City homicide detective. I cannot help you unless I know the whole story. And I know every person, every house has secrets. You saw her, it's my job to reveal them. Why would you stay here? But Steve and I never speak. We never communicate during an investigation. Until the very end. Stop it. Stop it. We uncover if it's safe for you to stay. I want to know the truth. I want to know what's happening. Or time to get out. Amy and I investigate each case separately. I uncover the property's history and question the witnesses involved, while Amy talks to the dead. When we're done, we reveal our findings to our client and each other. I'm in Westminster, Colorado. It's a sleepy little suburb about 20 minutes north of Denver. I'd received a call from a woman named Kara, who's a single mom. She tells me her entire family is afraid to be in the house alone. She does not sound good. I'm hoping Amy and I can help her out. Before Amy can start her walk, I need to make sure she is free from any outside influences. 
This house is filled with photographs of a mother and her young children that have to be covered or removed. When I'm finished, Amy can begin. I'm seeing a female freaking out, losing her mind. Something with, like, the walls. I just see her jumping around and, like, screaming and, like, then looking at the wall. The lady who's freaking out is alive, and they're being attacked. It's really bad in here. Tara, I gotta tell you, you sounded pretty concerned on the phone. Uh, why don't you tell me what's going on? Well, I'm a single parent, and um, I'm here with my two children by myself. We have footsteps, voices, um, we're seeing things, hearing things, things are moving. How old are your kids? Eight and ten. It's really hard to have a 10-year-old who's very fearful in his own home, and, and just, it definitely has affected him the most. He won't go anywhere in the home without somebody with him. How long has this been going on? The entire time that we've lived here, about 10 and a half years. However, when my ex-husband moved out, the activity got worse. So that's why we called you in. What do you know about the house? I mean, when was it built, anything like that? I know it was built in 1985. No one's lived here more than two years. I'm the only one who has stuck it out this long. You mentioned you were a nurse on the phone. So what kind of a nurse are you? I'm a hospice nurse. Dealing with um, people who have six months or less to live is really emotionally draining. So you live in here 10 years. You've been dealing with this almost ever since you moved in. You dealt with a divorce. You're raising two kids on your own. I mean, how are you dealing with it? Well, it's incredibly stressful. I want to have my home back. There's an old lady here. There's a relationship here with her and this living woman who flipped out. She's tormented. And this old lady, I think she's trying to help, but she doesn't even know where to begin to help. Help what? Something is with people here. It might not be a dead person. It might be a poltergeist. So what's going on in this part of the house? When my son was younger, he actually used to talk to a man that he saw on the ceiling right over that chair over there. He would talk to him and tell him to get down um, off the ceiling, and it was just really creepy. Wow, okay. We've had um, eight floods in the last uh, 10 years. What kind of floods? What are you talking about? Floods, like pipes breaking, some pumps failing. We even had a manhole cover out on the street flood my backyard. What about your neighbors? As far as I know, none of them have had floods. Anything else going on? I had two groups come and investigate, but they weren't really able to help me. They did some cleansing. They also did um, salt crosses with the salt water and the lines in the doorway to keep out the activity. So did things get any better after they left? No, nothing has worked. We're kind of trapped. I feel that there's violence inflicted on these people. That feeling of like you've been like tortured. So far, this walk is really strange. I can tell someone is suffering, but whatever's responsible won't reveal itself to me. There is really something they're going through, but... But I don't know what it is. I 
feel their like panic and their stress. Like I almost feel like someone's suicidal because of this. It's almost like in, a, in an abusive relationship and you're being beat every day. You're not afraid of it. You know it's going to happen anyways. So what's going on in here? One of the first things that I saw after moving in here was a big glowing orb come from my bathroom while I was in bed. And it was bright like the sun. And it was big, almost person size. And it stayed there for a long time. It felt like forever. OK, we went to bed alone? I actually was sleeping with my son, Noah. I got to ask you a question, though. Do you take any kind of sleeping medication so you may get hallucinations from it or anything like that? No. So have you experienced anything else in the room? I also have felt like something was crawling up my bed, almost like someone was crawling over me going up the bed. I could feel the sheets being pulled tight around me. And then I yelled at it to go away. And did it stop? It did stop. After all you've told me, it, 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 I find it amazing that you can still live here. I mean, you don't have a safe spot in the house. No, and I almost feel like I'm in a, a struggle on whose house this is. Oh, Okay. Yeah, I feel like the attacks every day, every day, every day. Who the f is doing this? I think that it's the beginnings of a poltergeist manifestation. It's needing a lot of feeding. If this thing is fully formed, can it hurt people? Yes, absolutely. Now it can cut them, start fires. It could rape and beat people. It can be very, very brutal and violent. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. 
Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I think that it's the beginnings of a poltergeist manifestation. It can start fires, rape, and beat people. So yeah, it can be very, very brutal and violent. You're pretty sure this is a poltergeist? Yes, absolutely. Poltergeists are usually created unintentionally, when someone with psychic abilities represses intense negative emotions. These entities can interact with the physical world, and if the poltergeist develops, it could become extremely dangerous. This is like mindless. Its creator is living, and it'll do whatever the creator wants it to. So, Kimba, I was talking with Mom, uh, and I understand you and your brother have had some experiences yourself. Yeah. There's been things I've seen downstairs. I've heard footsteps in the stairs, and I saw a witch on the wall over there. You saw a witch? You couldn't really see her face, and her face was covered with black hair. So this woman, how'd she make you feel? I wanted to leave this room right now. I was just shaking and hiding under the covers. How active is it in, in your room? Does it happen a lot, or you, will you well, hear things? Well, it's not really active in my room. It's more active in Noah's room. And it's mostly active in my mom's room. Okay. There's this old lady. I get grandma, grandma, grandma. She's here a lot. It doesn't feel as bad as the other room at all. It feels better in here, safer in here. Uh, Cause she likes, she's always in here. I mean, she's trying to protect and make it good for whoever's in here. What is she protecting against? I don't know, something really, really bad. Kimba told me that her brother was experiencing more activity in his room. According to their mom, Noah is actually afraid to be alone anywhere in the house. I'm going to have to hear his story. I'm scared to just be upstairs alone by myself all the time. The one thing that scares me is that behind my door over there, um, there's this thing that's it's just very scary. Like, I feel like it's watching me. It's like a shadow kind of okay. and the edges of it are kind of like they kind of like fade a little bit I don't know if it's it feels pretty negative it doesn't seem very friendly okay you having trouble sleeping at night because of it yeah it's very scary <sighs> okay we got something with the closets here Is it the same thing you saw in the other closet? 
it's something different. But it's weird because it's every night. It's like a nightly creation. But I think that he's mostly seen as like a shadow man or a shadow person. So is this guy pretty much just in the closet? I just get like it's kind of his own space and it does scare someone a lot. This is where he likes to be, so it just so happens that whoever's in this room would get more frightened than everybody else because he's more consistently here. One morning, I woke up. There was like a light, like somebody sh was shining a flashlight under my door, and there's just like a little crack so you could barely like see it. Okay. So I opened the door, and it was like a glowing like light circle thing. I saw it for like a second or two and it like, and I like scared it or something and it. Okay. Now how are you dealing with all this stuff that's going on? I'm kind of very cautious of upstairs. Like it's very hard to be up here alone. Like I always want Kimber with me. It's really scary. Okay. This guy is the tormentor, so. There's a woman and then this kid who he really just torments. Like, I feel like he can put weight on the bed. You know, like it feels like somebody's sitting there. A lot of movement around him. You feel all of this dread. Do you know why he does that? This tormentor feels like he's being invaded. So what makes you say that? Uh, there was like this moment of like, mine, mine. This is my people, mine. And back the off. Kara's house is only 27 years old. I looked into its history and I couldn't find any debts associated with the property. So I'm headed over to meet with a prominent real estate developer to see what was on the land before Kara's house was there. The house I'm investigating was built in 1985, and I know you're a developer. Can you give me an idea of what was there prior to the houses being built? More or less what was there was just what you see. It was open farmed land or dry land grazing. Who owned the land back then? My grandfather, who in 1869 decided to start Church Ranch. Now, it had to be tough back in those days to get a farm going. Well, the standard worries were obviously food and water to drink and shelter. Our family was very involved in bringing the first water down from the Continental Divide to this eastern slope. Life wasn't easy here. It was, it was very challenging. Farming farming's still challenging. You can have an accident where somebody gets hurt by a piece of machinery or falls into an irrigation ditch. That, that was not uncommon. Now, were there any deaths associated with all that work? There were many deaths associated with irrigation. One of the ones in this local area that I've heard about was a fellow by the name of John Shannon that fell in and drowned. These two men are talking. Somebody's saying having a problem keeping animals alive. They're very, very stressed out. Do you know what he's worried about? And then he's talking about water, like water flow, and being ruined financially. Why? Because the animals are dying. Okay. Well, one of the guys looks kind of like the, that guy. 
This dead farmer is angry that I'm seeing him. I realize now this guy is the tormentor hiding in the kid's closet. He's just pretending to be a shadow figure to protect his space. He's got a cowboy hat on, he's got a plaid button-down long sleeve shirt, he's got jeans and a belt on. He's created this monster of himself from himself. I saw the word death. I've managed to track down a descendant of John Shannon, the man who died in a local irrigation ditch. And she tells me her great-grandfather lived a colorful life. And his death was no accident. So I understand you're a descendant of John Shannon's. Yes, I'm his great-granddaughter. Here's some pictures of my great-grandfather. What can you tell me about him? The oldest boy before he died told my grandma that he remembers he'd have to take the younger boys and hide them down by the creek so their father wouldn't beat them. He was mean to the kids. He was mean to the farm animals. Really? Yeah. He had beat one of the horses so bad that somebody had to pull him off. You kidding? Yeah. And then I do remember hearing that when the youngest child was a newborn that the mother walked in and found the father trying to smother the baby. The tormentor won't leave me alone, and he's following me down to the basement. And I'm feeling like this, there's like a, I think this is a kid being like held down and smothered, can't breathe. Seeing uh, this dark mass standing, smothering. There's just some psycho going on in this house. I heard a rumor that he may have drowned in a ditch, is that correct? My great-grandfather died in July of 1936. He didn't come home for supper one night, and so my great-grandmother had some of the local men out looking for him when they found his hat and jacket by the irrigation ditch, and they drained the ditch, and somebody went down in there and brought the body out. And when I um, found the death certificate here, it says the official cause is drowning. But it does leave the question of, did he have a heart attack and fall in the ditch, or... Do you think there's any foul play involved here? I've wondered about the oldest boy. In what way? Because he was very devoted to his mother. The day that he ended up dead, that there were people trying to get the kids taken out of their custody. The day of his funeral, they all went home, and the oldest boy said, we don't ever talk about this. And great-grandma had never talked about it. Wow. And then that thing is behind me. What thing? The dead guy from upstairs. OK. And it was laughing hysterically. This tormentor from upstairs is furious that I've seen through his disguise and can tell that he's not actually a shadow figure. He clearly wants me to get out of the house. He just followed me in from the garage. He's very, very, very angry. Oh, I don't feel good in here. This one's like really, really bad. It says, oh, can't breathe, can you? Oh, I can't breathe. After hearing about John Shannon, I needed to see if there's any other suspicious deaths related to the property. As I'm looking through the town's records, 
I found that a young newlywed, Gertrude Weaver, used to live on Kara's land. She died while away on her honeymoon, but the cause is unclear. Newspaper reports list three different causes of death. Accident, suicide, and homicide. All by gunshot. Now that I've got two mysterious deaths on one property, I need to try to figure out how Gertrude Weaver really died. I just saw, like, someone walk by. It was a woman. Younger. She might just be some residual or something. Like, there's no, like, interaction. Can you describe her at all? She's wearing a nightgown that's white with, like, little design hair or something and little poofy sleeves like these, kind of. Gaunt face, long. And I kind of did hear suicide of her. All the newspaper reports say that Gertrude Weaver was shot by a gun her husband gave her to use in case of an emergency. But the papers don't confirm if her death was an accident, homicide, or suicide. So I'm meeting with an antique gun expert who says he can help me figure out what happened. Now, is this the same type of weapon that killed Gertrude? Yes, it is. In your opinion, could this have been an accident? To have an accidental shooting with one of these would be extremely difficult. What if it was cocked back and it's leaning up against the wall, for instance? If it falls, would it go off? The chances of it going off are almost nil. It's not a hair trigger. You'd actually have to pull the trigger in order for the gun to go off. Okay, so we can rule out accidental. But as a general rule, women do not kill themselves with a firearm. My opinion, somebody shot her. But we can't rule out suicide. Two reasons why I don't think this was a suicide is the length of the rifle and the weight of the rifle. Feel how heavy that is. Wow. It's heavier than it looks. It's a 12, 13-pound rifle. I mean, a 21-year-old small woman, you know, in order to hold it like this and get shot center mass in the heart. I mean, she'd have to be six foot eight with four foot arms in order to do that to herself. Right. But people could be really resourceful, and if she wanted to do it, she could have rigged something. Yeah. She'd have to prop it up somehow mm-hmm. or rig it. I've seen people put their toes in the freaking trigger guard and blow their brains out. Who knows what was going through this girl's head? During my walk, I watched an old dead woman trying to protect a panicked living woman from a dangerous entity. I'm working with a sketch artist to describe what I saw. There's a woman who's kneeling on the couch facing the wall. She has her hands up on the top of the back of the couch. And then there's like a little lady who is standing close. Describe this woman for me. Okay. She was pretty old, so she's fairly wrinkled. And she's wearing big, thick glasses. Can you tell me anything more about the hairstyle? It kind of stands up, but it curls back. Is this what you saw? Yes. Now that Amy and I have completed our investigations, we're ready to reveal our findings for the first time. Kara, it's good to see you again. Uh, I want to introduce you to my partner, Amy. Kara lives here. She's a single mom with two children. The three of them are living in terror here. Her oldest son, Noah, is probably the most affected by it. He's afraid to be in the house alone. He has to sleep the light on. 
can't have his friends over the house, um, and she feels it's destroying his childhood. With that being said, I'm going to turn it over to Amy so we can hear a little bit about her walk. When I walked into the house, I saw a woman, she's a living person, and she was just uh, flipping out. She was screaming and yelling and out of control. I was seeing everything through her eyes. The lady who's freaking out is alive, and they're being attacked. It's really bad in here. The other person that was there was this little old lady that is dead, and she's a conscious entity. I feel definitely a female presence in the house. I did sketch the scene that I saw. The scene of what? The two women? Of the two women. You saw the living woman and the dead woman together? Yes. Wow. Take a look at that. So the person in the background is the living woman. And she was really being tormented by whatever was happening. The impression I got was something moving by or something that was scaring her. And this is the old lady who's dead. That's very scary. I'm a hospice nurse, and so I deal with um, death oh. all of the time. It could be Ugh. a lady that I had pass um, about a year ago. Oh, wow. That, that I really cared about. She's very, very protective of the lavender room and spends a large amount of time in there um, just sitting and being, like, calming. That's your daughter's room. And she seems to be the least affected in the house. There's another woman here. She was a younger woman, and she had long, light brown hair. And when she was walking by, I heard suicide. The house is only 27 years old. So I'd looked into the land here. Where your house sits was part of a big, huge 17,000-acre farm set up into homesteads. And at the turn of the century, there was a woman by the name of Gertrude Weaver who lived on the farmland here. This is her here. One day, they found her dead. She was shot in the chest. So the newspaper articles on Gertrude's death listed three causes. Accidental, suicide, and homicide. I consulted with a rifle expert, and we ruled out accidental. But in my opinion, as a homicide investigator, I lean towards homicide, but I can't rule out suicide. Whoa. Because it's possible. Is she dangerous to Kara and her family? No. But the next individual that I encountered, I believe is responsible for everything that is going on in the house that's negative. He is the tormentor. I saw him trying to hold down and smother a child, and then he made me feel like I couldn't breathe. If somebody were to perceive him, it would look more like a shadow person. He can go anywhere he wants in the house, but he loves the blue room's closet. This is where he likes to be, so it just so happens that whoever's in this room would get more frightened than everybody else because he's more consistently here. That describes what's going on with your yeah. son to a T almost. Yeah, he sees a shadow person um, beside his door all the time, mm -hmm. kind of like a blurry edged shadow person. Mm -hmm. And um, I can't even close the door without him screaming. So I go out into the backyard 
And I actually get to see his true self when he was alive. He seemed to be some type of farmer or rancher. He was really, really stressed out about uh, his water source and water issues that were happening at that time. We have water issues. I've had eight separate floods in 10 years in my home, fixed pipes, multiple sump pumps, and then when everything was fixed in the basement, a manhole cover flooded my basement, not any of my neighbors. None of my neighbors have had the issues. Most people lived here only two years, except for me. He really believes that this is his home, that you're his possessions, and he is an abuser. Amy, let me tell you about this guy, John Shannon. He was a lousy farmer, and his biggest worries was the irrigation and the water. This is him as a farmer. Oh. All right, and this is him. Oh. This is a better photo of him up close. Whoa. I talked to his great-granddaughter, and she told me he beat horse so bad, people had to pull him off the horse. Oh, my God. Matter of fact, he abused his kids, and he got to the point where the older kids would take the younger kids and hide them when he'd come home because they were so afraid of him beating them down. The state was going to come and take his eight children away from him and his wife because he was so abusive. John Shannon dies in July of 1936. I know I got the death certificate here. His cause of death is drowning. And they find him in a water ditch. The great-granddaughter thinks that maybe somebody murdered him. She had the feeling that the oldest boy might have done it. But do you think this is the guy? I do. The part that really concerned me was I encountered the beginnings of a PK manifestation. That is a branch off of a poltergeist. These things cut people, beat people up, and it could also possibly kill someone. Now, what happens with a PK manifestation is that it stems from a living agent at the location. It's just purely the person's energy. It's not something you can see. These things feed off of negativity. Fear, anger, depression become absorbed immediately into this. And then it starts to actually create an entity. It was initially created by a female who's going through a very intense time. Do you know who formed it or helped form it? Well, I think that it's... Yeah, probably me then. I have been through a lot of stress. So does Kara have abilities? Yes. And so does her son. So you have abilities, you're in the house with dead people, and you're under a great amount of stress. It's the perfect storm. Well, Kara, this is obviously not what you wanted to hear, but the investigations give you the answers as to why it's happening, what's going on. The big question is, though, is it safe for you and your children to stay here? For that, I'm going to turn it over to Amy. So I do believe that you can stay. Good, good. Um, 
because I can't sell this place. But there are a few things that you'll have to do. The first thing I want to talk about is cleansing. Once a week, you physically clean your house from top to bottom. When you say to clean the house top to bottom, you're talking about actual cleaning it, like washing and yes. cleaning, mopping the yes. floor and vacuuming? Yes. With your situation, the cleansing is more for getting rid of the residual energy that's collected. Mm -hmm. When people experience intense trauma, toxic residual energy can pile up in their environment like dust. By cleaning the surfaces of her home, Carol will wash these layers of negative energy away. So you clean the space out, and then you're going to deal with this guy. The way that I was suggesting that is getting a physical medium in here, and you're going to work with that person on visualizing him out of the house to move him out and on. Exert your power. Let him know who's boss. After he's gone, am I going to still feel him? That's the oh, thing, or am no. I going to, is it going to just feel? Because you're going to do this with the physical medium. You're going to be there 100% with your abilities as well. You're going to get rid of him, so you're not going to feel that anymore. What about the old lady? She actually is here to try to help. I mean, it's good for her to be here right now until he's gone. She'll be taken care of, like, kind of inadvertently through this process. Okay. And then the last thing is dealing with the PK manifestation that's, you know, upstairs in your closet. What you want to do is a little bit of counseling just to work out those past issues. Mm -hmm. So you're taking it outside of the house to a person. Rather than in here. Right. And mm -hmm. you're verbalizing it out to that therapist. Will it ever go away? Um, no. I mean, it very slowly over a very long period of time could dissipate. So as long as you keep it stunted, it's great. What about this guy, John Shannon? Until this stuff gets resolved, are they going to be all right? Yes. You know your power over him. And so you just need to start exerting that like nobody's business. And also tell your children to do the same. So you're empowering them. Mm -hmm. Well, Kara, I just, you're going to do what she tells you. Definitely, yes. Okay. I truly believe the PK manifestation poses a dangerous threat to Kara's family. If she follows the steps I outlined, it will slowly dissolve, and she and her two kids can live in their home in peace. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.